Welcome to the Prayer Mentor Podcast, where we are empowering Christian leaders to pray for the harvest. We pray your prayer life will be deepened by this podcast. Today we're concluding our series on preparing for the battle. We've been talking about praying through the Lord's Prayer, and I've suggested to you that the first half of the Lord's Prayer is praying for the kingdom. The second half of the Lord's Prayer is praying for righteousness. Jesus instructed his followers that when they pray for righteousness, they need to begin with, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so when we think about the battle that is to come, our pursuit of righteousness so that we can be pleasing to God throughout the day, the first thing we do is we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us our sin. We confess it and then we allow fellowship to be restored with God. Then we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us who do we need to forgive. We assume responsibility for the pain they've caused us. We bring that pain to Jesus and allow him to comfort us and to speak truth to us. Then we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I've suggested to you that Our enemy is not just the devil, but actually when we look at the scriptures, we see that the follower of Christ has three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And today we're focusing on how do we overcome, how do we battle against our enemy, the devil. Many years ago, I was in a banquet with a dear friend of mine, Doug Lee. We had been interceding for a national conference for our denomination, our association of churches. And sitting to my right was a gentleman named Mark Bubeck. He wrote the book, The Adversary, Overcoming the Adversary. And to my left was my dear friend, Doug. And as we were introduced to Mark Bubeck, our eyes almost popped out, our mouths almost dropped. And simultaneously, we looked at him, and the very first words to him was, what do you do about spiritual warfare? It was like we were the Bobsu twins. We just said it simultaneously. And Mark looked at us, and he said, well, you learn how to suffer quietly. And we thought, oh, man, come on, Mark. Give us the latest judo chops so we can overcome the enemy. And then he said one of the most profound things I've ever heard concerning our battle against our enemy, the devil. He said, the enemy can have no ground that we don't give him. That is a profound statement. You see, the devil can only have ground that we give him in our lives. And I want to suggest to you, that we do give ground to the enemy. Mark Malone, in his book, Shadow Boxing, suggests that there's five doors that give access to the devil so that he has ground in our lives. The first door is that of willful sin, where we make a willful choice to sin. And as we continue in that sin, it becomes a habit and now the enemy has a stronghold in our lives. The second door that uh, the enemy is able to gain access into our lives is that of unforgiveness. We 
are angry with someone and we choose to nurture that anger and that anger becomes uh, resentment and we nurture it and it becomes uh, wrath and we nurture it and it becomes bitterness and then it becomes hatred <clears throat> and the enemy has ground in our lives. The third is that of woundedness. Someone has hurt us, has wounded us. And in the midst of the pain we're experiencing, the enemy who is a liar and a deceiver comes and uh, speaks lies to us so that we interpret uh, that wound in a way that is not consistent with the truth of God's Word. And now we're living by the lie of the enemy and it influences and affects everything that we do. The fourth door that we uh, open and gives access to the enemy is that of curses. Curses um, could be a spoken word uh, by someone in authority over us. It could be a word that is spoken or a spell that is cast by those in the occult. Curses are generational as well. Um, the scripture says that God is a jealous God and he will visit the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. And so when our parents live in willful sin, when they live in unforgiveness, when they live in accordance with the lies they hear from the woundedness that they experienced, um, we then have this bondage over us to the third and fourth generation and the enemy has access into our lives to control us. The fifth door is that of vows. And a vow is a self-righteous judgmental statement. It's when we've been hurt by someone and we make a statement, we say, I will never be like that person. We are judging them. It is a self-righteous statement. It is only by the grace of God that we can overcome sin. But in our self-righteousness, we say, I will never. And we, we judge them, be like them. Now, the good news when we talk about these doors is that there is a remedy for closing the door, for um, sweeping the house clean. The enemy does no longer has access into our lives. And so when we talk about willful sin, it's confession and repentance. Uh, that's why we pray, forgive us our debts and we examine our lives and we turn away from sin. When we do that, the enemy no longer has ground in our lives. Easier said than done, especially when our sin is uh, a sin that's of the world and we've given our affection to it, when it is a deed of the flesh and it's a compulsive behavior and addictive in our life. But the truth is, when we confess it, and when we turn away from it, the enemy has no more ground in our lives. That's why we pray against the world. That's why we pray against the flesh and we take hold of God's, um, his resources to overcome the world and his resources to overcome the flesh. When we talk about unforgiveness, this is really simple. We got to forgive. 
we make a choice to assume responsibility for the emotional pain they've caused us and the consequences of their acts towards us and we forgive them we let them go because God forgave us and he freely um, forgave us he let us go from our sin and does not hold it against us anymore it's hidden as far as the east is from the west and when we do that we take ground back from the enemy and it belongs to Jesus now when we talk about woundedness we need the ministry of healing in our lives and what I want to suggest to you is that the woundedness comes from a lie that the enemy has spoken and we've given agreement to so we ask the spirit to expose the lie to give us insight we listen for the truth from Jesus of who we are and we then renounce the lie we declare the truth and we're set free from this bondage to the enemy, his lies in our lives as a result of woundedness. And then when we talk about curses, it's by the blood of the lamb that a curse is rendered um, null and void. Um, we see that in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, that we've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb from our former way of life handed down to us by our forefathers. It's a powerful thing. Jesus canceled the generational sin by his blood. And when a curse is spoken over us, whether by someone in authority uh, or someone from the occult, it's by the blood of the Lamb that that curse is rendered null and void. It loses its power. And finally with vows, it's a matter of repentance um, from our self-righteous judgmental spirit. It's humbling ourselves before God. It's acknowledging that we live by the grace of God and there is no power within us to live a life that is righteous and pleasing to him in our own strength. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, the grace of God, and the power of his word. Praise God. Um, there is in Christ a remedy for all five doors where the enemy has gained access. What door or doors have you opened that gives the enemy ground in your life? Something to ponder on through this day, through the week to come. You may want to even set aside time to pray and to examine your life and to um, consider. Ask the Holy Spirit, reveal the doors that I have opened to the enemy. The next area where the enemy attacks us is that of our emotions. The devil intensifies and manipulates our emotions in the trials and the hardships of life. This comes from Mark Bubeck in The Adversary. Very insightful. And what we see in scripture, that in the realm of fear and anxiety, the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 10. Uh, when 
we are in a hard place and we are fearful he intensifies that fear by roaring and um, he is then able to influence our lives and manipulate them because we've given ourselves to the emotions of anxiety and fear then we see um, the emotions of anger and resentment the apostle Paul says be angry but don't sin don't let the Sun go down on your anger lest the devil get a foothold and so when we're angry and we continue in anger and there's unforgiveness as the Sun goes down the next day it builds and resentment begins to grow um, that begins to become bitterness and wrath and hatred um, the devil uses our unforgiveness he manipulates our anger and brings about unforgiveness so that he can control our lives the third emotion is that of guilt and shame and we see in 2nd Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 then verse um, 11 <coughs> there was a brother who had sinned in the church had done church discipline and cast him out he's repented he wants to come back but they don't let him come back and the Apostle Paul says to them you need to forgive the one who sinned lest he be overwhelmed with excessive sorrow <clears throat> he says we're not ignorant of the devil's schemes and you see um, when we are overwhelmed and this word excessive sorrow is um, Paul's word for the word we use as guilt or shame when we are overwhelmed with guilt and shame uh, we're, we're out of the game we're not in the battle anymore we're not living for the kingdom of God um, the devil has been successful in keeping us um, on the sidelines so that we cannot take ground away from the enemy and so um, it's in the emotions of anxiety and fear anger and resentment guilt and shame that the enemy manipulates us um, and he keeps us from being in the battle from um, advancing the kingdom of God so what are the emotions you have given yourself to that are giving the devil ground in your life again something to ponder through the day through the week you may want to set aside time and to consider what are the emotions that the that you are giving yourself to and the enemy is intensifying and manipulating in your life to have control in your life the final thing I want to say about Satan's power is this notion of the lie in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 the Apostle Paul talks about holding every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and this word thought is the Greek word noema it means literally a way of thinking and Neil Anderson suggests that uh, the power of the, of the devil is in the lie. If he can control our way of thinking, he can have control in our lives. Neil talks about this in his book, Victory Over the Darkness. So this word noema is used five times in 2 Corinthians. And in every place, 
within the context it has reference to the devil, to the enemy, and the notion that he is trying to control our way of thinking, to get us to believe a lie so that we will not be obedient to Christ. So what are the lies in your life? Those ways of thinking that you have given yourself to, you've given agreement to, that gives ground to the enemy. Again, you might want to take some time today, this week, um, to prayerfully consider what are the lies you believe that you've given agreement to and in so doing has given ground to the enemy. When we talk about these five doors, the emotions that are intensified and manipulated by the enemy and the hardships of life and then the lies, the ways of thinking that we have and you want to ponder um, what are they? I, I want to encourage you to maybe review um, my podcast on listening to God through journaling. I give a formula there where you listen for the emotions that you have, the circumstance that has brought about the emotions and what it causes you to do. And in that journaling process, you might get, be given insight into the ground that you have given to the enemy. When we talk about fighting the battle with our enemy, the devil, we can go to Ephesians chapter 6 and we find that the Apostle Paul gave us um, the armor of God that we might take our stand against the devil. The Apostle Paul uses the imagery of a soldier of the day, a Roman soldier, and he's putting on his armor so that he can enter into the battle and have victory. And I want to suggest to you that all six elements of the armor that are listed in Ephesians 6 are God's provision for us to overcome the evil one. The first piece of armor that we see is that of the belt of truth. And the belt of truth is the very first piece of armor. It is the belt that holds the robe of the soldier so that um, he doesn't get tangled up when he's fighting in the battle. With the belt, he girds up this robe, he ties it up, and he has freedom of movement. Quite possibly the most important piece of armor that he has. And what we see is that <clears throat> with this piece of armor, God is giving us a provision against the scheme of the devil, which is to lie and to deceive. The devil is a liar and a deceiver. The devil's goal is that of confusion and disorientation with the lies of the enemy. Just as the Roman soldier will take his robe and wrap it up and put it in that belt so that he has freedom of movement, the devil knows that if we give agreement to a lie that we will be disoriented, that we will be confused, um, we will not have freedom of movement spiritually so that we can fight the battle and advance the kingdom. 
The second piece of armor that God gives as a provision to fight the battle with the devil is that of the breastplate of righteousness found in Ephesians 6.14. And he gives us this provision that we may stand against the devil's scheme of accusing the brethren. The devil is accuser and an accuser and his goal is to bring about guilt and shame in such a way in the life of the believer that he's stymied. It's like a deadly arrow and he is no longer in the battle advancing the kingdom of God. The third piece of armor that the Apostle Paul gives us is that of our feet being fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And I want to suggest to you that the devil's scheme here is that of hatred and malice. Many will look at this passage and say, no, his scheme is that of peace of mind. But I want to point out that he's talking about our feet being fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What keeps us from bringing good news to those who are lost? Well, it's a hatred. It's a malice of heart. We have an, the devil's goal in this is that we would uh, be angry, we would be resentful towards people um, people groups that God would have us engage with to share the gospel. The fourth armor that the Apostle Paul gives us and that God gives us as a provision to overcome the devil is found in Ephesians 6, 16. It's the shield of faith. <clears throat> and the devil's scheme with the shield of faith is to fire flaming arrows. And his goal is to bring about fear, anxiety, and doubt in the life of the believer. You see, if he can fire those arrows and they um, penetrate us, <clears throat> they bring a wound to us, they keep us from fulfilling God's will. We are stymied, we are paralyzed with fear and anxiety and doubt, and we're not able to fight the battle that is before us. The fifth piece of armor is that of the helmet of salvation in Ephesians 6, 17. The helmet of salvation is God's provision to overcome the scheme of the devil where he seeks to control our ways of thinking and his goal is to bring about hopelessness and insecurity. If you listen to the news and we have so much media in our day, oftentimes the news is filled with bad news. Um, some people have suggested you need to give us good news and news broadcasters will say well honestly people won't listen to good news they want to hear bad news and if we hear enough bad news about um, our local situation in our city in our state in our na nation and in the world um, we become hopeless and there's insecurity because there's so much bad news in our lives. <clears throat> the final piece of armor that the Apostle Paul gives and is a provision of God so that we can fight the battle is that of the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, uh, the rhema of God. And 
this is God's provision to take our stand against the devil in his scheme of tempting us with the things of the world, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, to draw us away, um, our affections away from God and so that we are no longer loving him and obeying him but loving the world and giving ourselves to the world so let's take a few minutes and let's talk about our own personal lives what are the schemes of the devil that we are succumbing to and what is that um, piece of the armor of God that we need to take hold of so that we can respond in the battle and we can find victory in this spiritual battle that we find ourselves in. So the first piece of armor is that of the belt of truth. <clears throat> what we've seen is that the devil's scheme is to be a liar and a deceiver. He wants to bring about confusion and disorientation. So the question that needs to be asked is, what are the lies that I believe that entangle me so that I can't enter into the battle. There's no freedom of movement. What are the lies? And then, what is the truth? And frankly, we need the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, our helper, to open our eyes to see these things. Because by the very nature of a lie, a deception, we don't see it. So, ask the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, what are the lies that I believe? Spirit of God, what is the truth so that I can put on as a belt, so I can have freedom of movement to fight this battle? You see then, as we put on the belt of truth, what we're doing is we're renouncing the lie-based thinking and we're declaring the truth. That's how you put on the belt of truth. Then, the breastplate of righteousness um, and this notion that the devil is an accuser with the goal to give us a deadly blow of guilt and shame so that we don't fight the battle. <clears throat> and so the question is, what are the condemning thoughts that you hear? And God, who is greater than our hearts, what is the truth of God's word that confronts these accusations and condemning thoughts that you hear? What we do then is we put on the breastplate of righteousness. We're renouncing the condemning thoughts and we're declaring the truth of God's forgiveness through the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross. Then we consider our feet being fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And we look at this scheme of the devil to bring about hatred and malice in our hearts, uh, an attitude of ang the emotions of anger and resentment, so that we won't reach out to those who need to hear the gospel. And the question we got to ask ourselves is, what are the judgmental and vengeful thoughts that I have towards people of other religions, other ethnicities, um, different social economic uh, levels than me? And have I forgiven them as we fit our feet with the readiness of the gospel? We're choosing to forgive them 
not judge them or have wrath towards them. And we choose to speak peace to them, to be kind, to look for opportunities to share the gospel with them, to live out loud and to testify of Jesus. As we focus on the shield of faith, we're confronting the flaming arrows of the enemy and his strategy to bring about fear, anxiety, and doubt in our lives. And what we're doing is we're considering what are the doubts, what are the fears in our lives, and then we're, we're focusing on what is God's promise and promises to us to confront those doubts and fears. And so as we put on the shield of faith, as we take it up, we're renouncing fear and anxiety and doubtful thoughts. And we're declaring the promises of God, the faithfulness of God to fulfill his promises so that we can advance the kingdom of God in our lives. Then as we consider the helmet of salvation and the scheme of the devil to seek control of our ways of thinking and bring about hopelessness and insecurity in our lives, we've got to ask, um, what are the thoughts I dwell on, the negative thoughts? What are the sources of um, that, those negative thoughts? Is it um, the internet? Is it radio? Is it TV? Is it books I'm reading? And then, what is the truth about the future? And what we do as we put on the helmet of salvation, we're choosing to hold every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we're setting our minds and our hopes on Him. And what we may be committing to is that we're not going to be listening to as much news, um, not watching as much um, social media, and reading books that uh, are not edifying to us. Um, we're making a commitment to focus on Jesus and to be where he is seated in the heavenly realms and to put our hope and our trust in him. And then as we consider um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the rhema of God, and the scheme of the devil to tempt us, to draw us away from our love and affection and obedience to Jesus through the things of the world. We ask the question, where is my battle in the world? Is it the lust of the flesh and pleasure? Is it the lust of the eyes and possessions? Is it the boastful pride of life and position? Um, what are the deeds of the flesh that I'm wrestling with and struggling with? And then, God, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, what is the truth of your word that I can take as a sword and I can confront the enemy? Give me those verses of scripture that I can memorize, study, meditate on, and take my stand against the devil, resisting him, submitting to God, and take hold of that promise that he'll flee from me. When we put on the armor of God, um, sometimes we just 
state each piece of the armor, but what I want to suggest to you is that we need to reflect on what is the scheme of the devil that the each piece of the armor is confronting, and then where is our struggle, and what is the resource of God in that piece of armor that gives us the ability to stand against the enemy. This is going to take time for you to consider to ask these questions, to ponder. And it's going to be more than just this week. I want to suggest to you that this is going to be a lifelong journey of fighting a battle against the powers of darkness and putting on uh, the armor of God. And praise God, we have a resource in the armor of God. He will deliver us from evil as we put the armor of God and we take our stand against the powers of darkness. May the Lord bless you as you seek his righteousness. Praying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then put on the armor of God, declaring the truth of God's provision with each piece of the armor that you may stand against the devil throughout your day. Music